Welcome back to Wellness Wednesday with me, Siggy Helgeson. I'm glad to be back again to offer season three, Stories from the Pandemic. And together with some of my guests on this podcast, we explore the varied experiences of individuals, couples, families, and teens. We hear on this podcast what they experienced during the pandemic and what they have learned since about themselves, others, the world, and God. Today's guest challenges us to think about what is it that determines who is an essential worker? How do we look at those who get sick? And why is it that when we feel afraid of something that we don't quite understand, we are quick to judge and even blame? These are some of the things Anjali Stallnacher struggled with, and this is her pandemic story. Well, today we are so glad to have Anjali with us, and um, I'm grateful for you to take the time today um, after a busy day at work. Uh, Anjali, why don't you share with us a little bit about your family, and uh, yeah, okay. we're excited to hear your pandemic story. Yes. <laughs> so um, Angel- I'm Anjali Stolnecker. I have been married for, I don't know, 27 plus years. Um, I have two grown daughters. One is Stephanie, who lives with us kind of on a permanent basis. And then um, during the pandemic, my um, other daughter and son-in-law and our grandson came and lived with us for a little while. But um, I am live, we live in Tacoma, and I work in planning for local government and um, member of St. Mark's in various capacities. Great. Well, thanks. So um, through this series, we've been looking at pandemic stories and kind of what your what your earliest memory was of when you realized that we were going into a pandemic and kind of a lockdown situation. Do you remember much about that, Angela? I have a very vivid memory because, um, like I said, I work local government and in planning and building, and so we're tied to construction. And as things were, you know, starting to shut down, um, we were, you know, as, as government, you're trying to figure out with the buildings. And I remember the time where the governor's kind of reports came out that they were going to stop all construction. And I, the, the, I mean, it was like, I remember saying out loud, we are not, I, we have become non-essential because it was sort of like, these are the essential things that are staying open and these are the non-essential. And I'm like, I... I had talked to our building official. We had looked at, you know, we'd read through it all. And I think I said, um, I have, I will, I'm making the determination that we are non-essential. And so we, um, shut our department down and we were, I was doing minimal work at home. And my, the gal that works in the office, she was, she, and she'd only been hired a couple of months earlier. So she got about a month and a half of training and then we sent her home. So yeah, it was a very vivid memory of, we have shut down and we are, not doing our jobs and we're home. Wow. So what was that like for you personally um, to experience that? It was just, it was very strange. And yet, I mean, there was a little bit of, um, you know, 
it was it was okay to be at home. I mean, you know, I we sort of got into this routine. I did certain work at home and I actually was doing like an online yoga thing and trying to just sort of keep myself busy and mm-hmm. and doing stuff. So, um, but that um, for us only lasted a couple months because then construction became um, progressively more essential. And so as um, construction opened up, then obviously we had to open up because we needed to be um, issuing permits and doing inspections and stuff. So I was only, I, I worked probably longer than most in my office, but I was probably only home for a couple months. And then probably by June, July at the latest, a year ago, we were basically all back in the office. So it was sort of this weird, in some ways the world is shut down. And yet, um, my husband works transit supervisors, so he never shut down. So he worked his normal shifts Mm-hmm. a normal job through it and I by June July I'm back in the office so it was like you know in some ways our lives was were very was very normal when it came to work mm-hmm. and yet you're wearing masks and you don't go in the grocery store and you don't get to see anybody so it was just sort of this dichotomy of in some ways some of our life was very normal and yet huge chunks of our life was very not normal Were you uh, afraid at all during this time to, like, be at work or having Irv go to drive uh, in public transportation? I don't know. I don't think I was afraid of the, of, because I knew we were trying to be careful. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a challenge because we're the kind that try to follow, you know, what's the right thing to do. And so trying to keep abreast of that and everybody's got their different opinions of that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, you know, I was very nervous of like I sent things because so early on there was so much. Nobody knew for sure how it how it spread, how you carried it. I remember sending a package to my great grandmother who's 90 some years old going, I hope that it's not my germs that, you know, that I'm sending her this care package that somehow I'm sending her the virus yeah. because I know that I'm more exposed than other people. So yeah, that, that there was fear in that, that you just didn't know how, how it spread. And so you were trying to be very careful. Um, but we were, you know, as much as possible trying to distance ourselves like we were supposed to. So that part was fine. So mm-hmm. Well, and then during this time, when when did your uh, adult uh, daughter and her family come live with you? So um, they, my my daughter Patricia and her husband, and they had they were stationed in Italy, mm-hmm. um, and they'd been there for several years. And she gave birth to my grandson in January of 2020, so he's a COVID baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband had actually got to go visit them in January, right when things were starting to come out and basically kind of made it back. And I think in, I, I want to say in February, 2020 is when they, when Italy shut down because they shut down ahead of us mm-hmm. and it got very serious. So, um, so they were over there and then they, um, he was, um, I guess discharged. They came home, I think in July and so they came home and moved into our basement because at that time, you know, you're, he was getting out and there's no, you know, how are you doing housing and how are you doing jobs? There is nothing. So, um, yeah. luckily we, um, are very blessed to have, you know, we have a big enough house 
that we turned the sort of big family room into they got their little one the three of them shared the that room and they had to share a bathroom with um, my other daughter so we were like that for probably three or four months um, mm-hmm. during during a pandemic on top of it all. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that was July of 2020. July, yeah. So they, I think they came in like middle of June 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that um, so there was six of us there. Um, okay. And then I guess just leading into the challenge for us is in. Um, in July, um, both Patricia and Nick were exposed and came down with COVID. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, we were kind of like, okay, they're downstairs, we're upstairs, but we have a, at that time, what is he, six month old mm-hmm. that, um, they were sick enough that to take care of him was extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. passed him back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, he never got sick. Thank goodness. Um, but we did have, there, there was that. And so, um, they were sick and we all did the quarantine and then we thought we had made it through cause we got through our quarantine and they were better. And we actually went, Irv and I went back to work and then in the middle of August, Irv and I came down. So I don't know if it, mm. if it just hung out in one of us and, or if, if, you know, I don't. We thought we had done everything right, but even at that, so yeah. then um, Irv and I ended up both with it in um, August. And so you both had had COVID. Yeah. And you tested positive. Yeah. So we yeah we were sure. yeah we we both um, within I think a day of each other started feeling sick, mm. and it was and wow. Um, so went and got tested, and we were both my now my eldest daughter never did. She got tested multiple times, so. Mm-hmm. Um, it appears that she never she never got sick and she never tested positive. So we kind of feel lucky and the baby never got sick, which was nice. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was um it was we were sick. I we were <laughs> we were really sick. Um and I was wor- probably the worst of all of us. Um my body loves to when I do get sick, um loves to get the high fever, loves to get the cough, which this virus has. Mm-hmm. And so um were you ever hospitalized? I wasn't hospitalized. I I thought about it at one point because I was cough, yeah. I kept coughing so bad. Mm-hmm. It's not you know it's like if I wasn't coughing, it wasn't like I couldn't because you know, they always worry about the breathing. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't if I wasn't coughing, I could breathe. So I kept telling myself I was fine. But then you'd start coughing, and it would be hard to stop. And so I'd have to start trying to calm myself down. Um, now my husband tells me that he thought on several occasions about taking me in because mm. um, I couldn't get the fever to break. Wow. I would I would sweat through clothes through the day, and that was I was probably at least a week, if not a week and a half, of that. And wow. so he mm-hmm. he said he he couple times contemplated whether or not he should take me in, mm-hmm. um, and we. Mm. But we made it through. Um, it, you do. It's you know. It, it's an, it's going to be an interesting memory because we kind of got this routine. We would sort of try to sleep through the night, and then mm-hmm. we kind of had this again trying to uh, do the reverse. Now we're trying to stay isolated from the other people in our house because there's six of us at the time, mm-hmm. and so we sort of moved from our bedroom to this little bedroom that we had a little TV in that we would sort of sit on that couch during the day so you felt like you had a little bit of a variety and mm-hmm. um try to keep ourselves as isolated as possible to get it through so but yeah um 
it was a challenge. And I think part of, I was, the, the, the extra challenge with COVID, I, from our experience, is it's not just that you're sick. Mm-hmm. It's, there's baggage around being that sick Mm, because um it's it's like on one hand you've got people who are denying it you know and you're like i've had it (laughs) it's real and you have to hear people still talk about how it's not real or it's not that big a deal or it's just whatever and you're thinking no i i was extremely sick Mm -hmm. and thankfully i feel like i'm one of the lucky ones i Mm -hmm. you know and then you've got the other side where you almost feel like people, well, you must have done something wrong if you caught it. Right. You, 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 you feel blamed or guilty mm-hmm. because you, you know, judged, you judged that you were not, yeah. you must not have, um, protected yourself enough. You weren't wearing your mask. Were you around people that you shouldn't have been? Did you, maybe you shouldn't have gone to the grocery store and you're, so there's just all of this emotional yeah. guilt and shame and, mm. and stuff that adds to it you know and so that it makes it worse it was you know and then you're isolated too you know but um, I mean we had our family so I I didn't feel that part as much I feel really bad for the people who ended up hospitalized who couldn't see family and that's even more but there is there was a lot of um yeah you, you you we didn't get support in certain ways because I think people you felt like people were blaming you or blaming who you were exposed to or where you got it from. So I'm so glad you're bringing this up because it really does um, remind mm-hmm. remind us of just how a person can get sick and you know if it's let's say cancer, how there's so much support and so much, you know, um, and yet with something like COVID, yeah, I, I, I can hear you um, saying that that's, it, it, it's such a uh, controversial um, kind of thing where you have the deniers and then you yeah. have those who are um, like, what it, you must have done something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was hard. Yeah. It, it was... Yeah. Um, cause you're, you know, it's like, you're already, you're, you're feeling sick, you're feeling scared, you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're hoping that, that it doesn't get any worse. You're hoping you didn't spread it to anywhere else. I mean, both my yes. husband and I were, were it, with people and we had both been yeah. in meetings with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would have been meetings with people that morning and then it was that night that I started getting symptoms. And so you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're worried and, you know, hoping that you didn't expose everybody else, which I will thankfully say both of, and again, but he had been in a, in a meeting as well, but everyone was, had done what they were supposed to and it didn't spread. So that's nice that yeah. that part so was, we that, yeah, we were wearing masks and trying to send, yeah. spread apart that, yeah. that we didn't yeah. expose the people at work. So that was very thankful. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yes, then you realize you have to tell people you have it and you're not sure how they're going to react. And, and that's, that made it harder. <laughs> it, yeah. it was a lot harder. Were you surprised at that kind of reaction was it a surprise to you to hear i think no because i mean i and i know from you know from from some it was 
family. And, and I know it was from a position of fear on their part. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were afraid for us because we were sick. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when we're f- afraid, we you blame, you know, you almost blame the victim. You know, it's, it's sometimes you, what comes out. And, and I knew that with, you know, certain people, it, it, that's where it was coming from. It doesn't make it easier. It was still very hard. It was still very, mm-hmm. you know, I remember saying, this is not helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there is, you know, I know that for a lot of people, they're so, they're so afraid yeah. and they're so anxious and they're worried because yeah. if their loved ones get sick, you know, is it, what does that mean? Right. And so for, for in a lot of ways, that's what, um, for the people who I know, I wish would have, who, who kind of reacted that way. I know that they were, it's because of their own personal fear and anxiety that was coming out. Sure. So. It's very generous for, of you to be able to see that the other person's just very afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what, what did get you through it? And what was, where did you find support? So, um, for us, um, we really, a, a huge chunk of our sport came from the church, from St. Mark's. Um, we, cause, um, the word got out <laughs> and we got, um, cards in the mail from what we have the, you know, the people who are, are the care committee. So we got some really nice, wonderful cards in the mail. Um, got a couple phone calls, um, um, some of our friends, you know, we had, we were trying to do delivery grocery Well, you don't always get what you need. And so, you know, we were like, we didn't get this. And so they went and tr- brought that for us and stuff. So, um, that was very helpful. That was very nice to have that, those people kind of reaching out and just checking in on us. Um, so, and then through the whole pandemic, um, we really got, we, um, we got into zoom. I, <laughs> We, um, I, I went ahead and even paid for zoom for probably six or seven months and we did, um, zoom game night with a couple of, again, some of the people in the church, some of the friends in the church. Yeah. And I think we were trying to do like once a month we would, mm-hmm. we played, you know, Yahtzee, everyone had their own dice and you just sort of took turns and over zoom. Yeah. Over zoom. Yeah. Um, and then it, it was fun. It was yeah. great and it worked yeah. really well. And then actually I ended up doing that because our, my family's all in Oregon. So we, yeah. We, I said, hey, we did this Zoom night. It worked really great. So then we did Zoom night with my family. Nice. Um, and for I think we did New Year's with my family, and we did Zoom on Yacht, and we were doing Yahtzee. And so we have photos of the computer screen of us all kind of leaning in from our different things. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, we did that. Um, Very creative. It, yeah, and we did, and then, you know, like I said, so we, every month, we I think we did probably four or five months, and different people jumped on, and so that was... It gave you at least a little bit of, you know, an hour, hour and a half of some laughter, some stories, seeing somebody yeah. just checking in. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was that was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ended up doing um, the fifth and sixth grade Sunday school over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And so um, we had about four kids. The first, when we first started, it was, it was, you know, we had a certain group. And then mm-hmm. um, this last year, we kind of had other kids jumped in and out, but there was sort of like about four kids that were very solid. And so nice. every Sunday we'd meet for half an hour and nice. see how they were doing and try to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's one thing I appreciate about, um, 
the church and Angulari, who kind of heads over the education stuff, is she was like, if you can get the lesson in, great, but what we're trying to do is give them support. And so we really, it was, I think, great that we could connect with them and if nothing else, check in with them on how they're doing because they're trying to struggle through this pandemic. And it was very, it was very encouraging because, you know, we always kind of like, well, what's a good thing or a bad thing this week? It's one of the things we always try to do. And there are weeks that they're like, well, we've had a good week, even though, you know, so, you know, it was good to hear them and see how they were doing. So those were things that we figured out ways virtually to connect with for the social end of life. Because like I said, we were kind of working, which is an interesting thing, but for the social end, so. Yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. And how long have you been teaching that group of? I think we've done, um, I want to say maybe four years uh-huh. that we've done that. Normally, so, so during the normal school, yeah. when, pre-COVID, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we trade off with um, two other gals. So they do a... a a quarter we do a quarter kind of thing and so um i love the it's a great age group experience with that age before. yeah i find fifth yeah. and sixth graders fun because they yeah. are they're really still kids but they're trying not to be and so it's just this nice little in between age and yeah. um it's been something we've we've kind of hit that age or something we've done seventh eighth grade we've done fifth sixth so that's mm-hmm. kind of fun that we've connected with that so I think, you know, one of the, um, there are so many different ways and uh, so many different things that were going going on here within the, the mm-hmm. youth and family ministry that if you're not, you know, if you don't have a, a yeah. child, you often are unaware of yeah. that. So yeah, thank you for what you do and, and just for highlighting uh, such an important time of life and Thank you for what you're doing, for being there for those kids. It's good for us. We enjoy it. It Yeah. Such a great, um, boy, you know, for uh, a family to have a young child and be going through this pandemic and then to have someone outside of your parents, you know, um, or a parent or a grandparent that that you can also just talk to. What a gift. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Angelie, I know that you're probably still just um, processing all this, um, but I'm wondering if there's anything that you would say uh, comes out of this that you have learned about yourself, about others, about God um, that you want to share? Yeah. um, Give grace. Uh, You know, like I said, you just have to give grace to people. Um, Reminder that we're, we're all coming, we're all coming at it from different perspectives, different experiences. Um, You know, I, I, I have a mother who's still very, very anxious. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're vaccinated, but they're older and, mm-hmm. and I forget like my nephew, he's seven, he can't be vaccinated. Right. And so there's a lot more anxiety for them mm-hmm. because of, you know, their age, their health, the, my nephew who can't be vaccinated. And so, um, we were visiting them this weekend and trying to 
be um, understand where they are and be respectful and and try to meet where they're at. Um, so just you know that we need to to be that way, whether wherever that is, you know, whether that's at work, whether that's at church, whether that's with family, whether it's at the grocery store. You know, I remember I was, I was talking to somebody. We were talking about restaurants, or if you go into a store and kind of like, well, you know, the person was like, "I'm vaccinated, but I judge by what they're doing." If if the people who are working there are wearing masks, I'm going to wear a mask because yeah. obviously they're they're trying to be concerned on that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I, I it came out this year that was a focus for me was to ask questions. I, I feel like it, it was such a negative confrontational year between sickness and politics and it got very easy to just be angry or upset or judge or make assumptions and I've really I have a little I had a little sticky note at work that was like ask questions before you make an opinion um trying to just find out where people are coming from and find out why they're doing what they're doing or saying what they're saying before I react um so those were some of the things that I um, personally kind of have come out of as feeling like um, I'm learning and trying to, to come out of this with some positiveness. Um, I will say it was really nice to... Uh, I feel like I'm getting God moments when I walk into places I haven't been. Yeah. It, you don't realize... Because again, there's a part of my life that was still very normal. We were still going to work and coming home, both of us, yeah. and and yet there were places that we had not been. Yeah. And the first time I walked into the church, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to cry. You I just teared up. Yeah. I, I yeah. just I yeah. the emotion was there. There was just yeah. and and there was actually um, I went into a restaurant that was one that I regularly had gone to because it was close to my work and I had not been in there for a year and a half mm-hmm. and seeing the people because I knew you know you know. We sort of, you know, there's just certain places that we had become regulars at that we hadn't been. And the first time I went in and, you know, saw the guy behind the counter that I hadn't seen. And of course, you know, he's, oh my gosh. And we're like, yes. And, and stuff that those realizing how special these places are and these people are that you don't, I would never think of the guy at round table as being someone who's in my circle of life. Mm-hmm. And yet it's somebody who I had seen regularly every so often. Right. And you realize you miss that. You miss those people who maybe you don't even know their name, but you know their face and they know you. And so, yeah, to be able to slowly start. Now, again, we're kind of backing off again because things are changing. And so we're back to being a little more cautious. But as, you know, as we've sort of opened and then backed off to be able to start touching on those places and seeing those people um, has been really kind of cool and realizing how much we connect. And I'm... I'll be, you know, those are things that I'm looking forward to when we can more and more connect and not, and that anxiety goes less and less. So, uh, I like that too. Uh, remember to give grace, give a lot of grace, and ask questions. That sticky note idea sounds really good, and to be able to cry. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. We are, we are actually doing this podcast from the cry room today. <laughs> So, Angela, you and I can have a good cry. It is. We've got it. Yeah. It's, we, can, we can do that. <laughs> it's, you got to deal with your emotions, and it's hard. Yeah. Sometimes we feel like we got to just tough it out, but that's not good for any of us. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I agree. That moment when, um, you know, you go back into the classroom that you've taught and you yeah. haven't been in for over, you know, almost two years. And, yeah, it's just that sake. It's just kind of a sacred yeah. place. Um, coming back into the sanctuary after not yeah. being able to be here for so long. And, and it's yeah. a mix of both what you're, what you've missed mm-hmm. and the hope of what's coming. It's like, okay, I will, mm-hmm. we will get to be back in here. I will get to, you know, like I said, I, yeah, this morning I, or this afternoon I walked into the, I realized I was walking into the classroom I hadn't been in for, like I said, a couple years now. Mm-hmm. And to be able to, and to think, oh, eventually we're going to have kids back in here. Eventually we're going to, yeah. you know, I was opening cupboards looking, oh, the Play-Doh's there. It's probably dried out, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. You have to get some new Play-Doh. Yeah. 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 Well, that kind of um, goes into kind of our final sort of question here is, you know, what are you looking forward to the most when we can be really certain that it's okay to be together, especially with kids, it's especially tricky. Um so what are you looking for? Yeah, to? just yeah, like I said the um, being able to be together without second guessing everything, without the anxiety, yeah. without you know, um, and, and maybe maybe it's okay that some of that caution may stay with us, because as much as you know, we even if we do finally get through the COVID in its current capacity there has always been flus and colds and other stuff that we sort of try to pretend don't exist or whatever and we probably all expose each other too much but um but yeah I, I'm just looking forward to um the lot like I said to move through the anxiety and the fear that this has caused us and to be able to to be with people and not go oh is there too many people here or should I wear my mask should I not wear my mask yeah. Are, are they not wearing their mask because they're vaccinated or because they're not vaccinated? And they don't, you know, it's just, there's just all these questions and pop up. So to be able to be with friends again and, and to be able to just, you know, invite people over and not worry about, do, do we have to be outside? So there's just so many things and questions that you have to, to, to wade through where we used to just say, hey, come on over. Or you just see someone at the store and you go up and give them a hug and you just have to second guess everything a little bit because you, you want to be respectful and you want to care for people and this is the best way we can. But yeah, um, definitely looking forward to um, to that. Yeah. Not to have to be so vigilant. Yes. We've had to be so vigilant for so long. It's yeah, scary. it is. It does wear you down. And then t- um, to think, okay, maybe we're... we're uh, you know, seeing the end of the tunnel and then maybe not. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, just just the unknown still. Yeah. yeah. Well, Angela, I've so enjoyed this conversation. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? That... I guess that crossed my mind is to, when I was thinking through this is, and I think it ties into what we're talking about here is there's, we want things to be back to normal so badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we're not there yet and so just continuing to be patient and realize that I was just thinking of with even with my job um, I do passports and they're backlogged and people are like kind of you know they're like why you know why is this backlog and I'm like 
because we've we're, we're still kind of we've been in a pan you know it's like there are whether it's backlog in passports whether yeah. it's employment you know i know the jobs that people you know um there is th- this time that we've been in is going to have it's still affecting us physically emotionally just practical life you know there are there are still going to be things missing from the store there are still going to be backlogs of people processing things things are still going to take longer and I know we want to just say it's done and it's over but it's not and so um stay patient again continue with the grace um Realize that we're all, I, I think the vast majority of us are doing the best we can, wherever we're at. And to just try to remember that. And, and like I said, whether that's at the restaurant or the store or with our family or jobs, just we all do want to move forward. And so we just have to be patient a little bit longer and a little more understanding. So you well said remembering patience yeah <laughs> which none of us i think we're all feel like we've been patient, been patient for so long no not a bit the patience. <laughs> well thank you so much anjali thank you for this has been a delight yeah, to be with you appreciate it the opportunity thanks A blessing for Anjali and all who have had COVID themselves or have family members who had COVID, and for all who have felt the sting of judgment. Anjali, in your role as a wife, a mom, a grandma, you are essential. You went back to work early on in the pandemic, along with your husband, who continued to work in public transportation throughout the pandemic, both as essential workers. While working and living in an intergenerational household where you were taking care of your grandson, you got sick. And even though you quarantined and did all of the correct things and you were careful, you still got sick. For a time, while you were really sick, you felt the judgment of those around you. Feeling judged on the one hand and dismissed by the deniers on the other was frustrating and it hurt. Angelie, you remind us that before jumping to conclusions, to pause ask questions to gain a deeper understanding and rather than judge, to give grace. It reminds me of one of the covenants of presence that we use here at St. Mark's to suspend judgment and turn to wonder. Despite your experience or perhaps because of it, you chose to reach out to family and Sunday school children over Zoom, and you became very creative with game nights. Through it all, you felt held 
and supported by your church family. And in turn, you reached out to help others. Upon walking back into church and seeing your empty classroom for fourth and fifth graders, you felt the tears come. Let them come. It's been a hard year and a half. And for all of those who have felt judged because of a decision you made or didn't make during this past year and a half, remember to give grace to yourself. And for all those who felt so afraid and wanted to find someone to blame, remember to ask questions and give grace. To all of you, dear listeners, receive the permission you need to feel however you feel and also to let the tears come, to cry if you need to. We've all been through a lot. We want to thank all of our participants for their courage and willingness to share their pandemic stories and for being a part of this Wellness Wednesday podcast. We are truly grateful. We want to let you know, dear listeners, that we are taking a few weeks off at the end of the summer. And we hope you've enjoyed these pandemic stories and we welcome your feedback. We would love to hear from you about your experiences during the pandemic. We will return to your feed in the fall with more episodes. So until then, be well, give grace, and remember to ask questions. As always, we want to thank Cody Schumann for the excellent editing and production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.